Welcome to One Girl in All the World, a Buffy rewatch podcast where we recap each episode in order and discuss. I'm Ashley, Buffy superfan. I'm Kimmy, Buffy newbie. <laughs> you can find us on iTunes and YouTube with new episodes every Tuesday. Okay. Okay, Buffy fit check. As long as I can. So nice let's see the whole thing stand yeah, up. I will. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. If not, when I sit down, I will explain it. <laughs> so no, that's cute. I like that. Yeah, this was from Box Lunch back when they used to carry Buffy stuff Ugh, back in the day. Haven't seen in years. So it just says I slay on top. And then the bottom, the picture is just a se- season one promotional photo of Buffy. If you've ever watched, if you are familiar with the show, you know the picture where she's like kind of like <laughs> peekaboo around the wall with her steak. That's the picture. And it just says I slay. So there we go. I'm going to run out of shirts and then I just have to just bring them back periodically. Uh, so. Or get new ones. Yeah, get new ones. I, I mean, they've, you know, recycled throughout the years. People have bought me shirts. I've gotten shirts. And then obviously they go, th- you know, for whatever reason, I don't have them anymore. So these are my current ones. So. Okay, so I'm excited to talk about the harvest because the ball really gets rolling in this episode. It was very intense. It was intense. So the harvest is like the second part of the two-parter with Welcome to the Hellmouth. And so the air date was the same, March 10th, 1997, written again by Josh Whedon and directed by John T. Kretschmer. And I believe that's a different director than was last time. So they kind of did kind of see it as two different episodes airing on the same night. And the synopsis is the same, but since this is a new episode, I will read it again. Picking up where the feature film left off, Buffy Summers and her mom moved to Sunnyvale. Sunnydale? Sunnyvale. (laughs) (laughs) Moved to Sunnydale, California for a fresh start, unaware of the evil lurking in this quiet suburb. Somewhat reluctant in her role as a slayer, Buffy quickly makes friends and enemies at her new school, while also meeting her new watcher, Giles, the mercurial school librarian. Her newly assembled team encounters the ever-abundant, unearthly creatures in Sunnydale. That's kind of a series, I guess, like... Or like a season one synopsis, but that's the synopsis yeah. that was given for these first two episodes. Yeah. So same one as last time, but thought I would include it anyway. So the, the episode is called The Harvest. And I thought of like an, as I watched it, I thought of like an alternative title for this episode. And I feel like I wrote mm-hmm. it down and I came up with no steak, no problem. Unique ways to kill vamps in the world around you. Ooh, I like it. Because she, Buffy finds three different ways to kill vampires that's not a stake in this episode. She's very resourceful. Yeah, that ha- like throughout the series she does come up with different ways to kill vampires when a stake isn't readily available and this they really rolled it out for this episode because she does it three times. Yeah. So I just yeah. thought that was a great like alternative like a self-help book. That's what I just came <laughs> up with. So, they we start out in the episode with a very truncated version of that little um, voiceover montage. And it just says, she is the slayer. And then that's it. And I guess that probably would have been added later on. I'm sure it wouldn't have aired that way uh, originally, because I guess they just wanted to like start it again with a little introduction for later on, like when it was on DVDs and stuff. So that probably wasn't there originally. That's probably why it feels kind of awkward. Didn't, occur to me till just now. So that's probably why it's like that. We pick up right where we left off where Buffy's in the like stone coffin and Luke is about to sink his fangs in her jugular. And she's like, oh, no, gonna bite her. Yeah, he's going to bite her. And, and then he goes in for it. And then it's, ah, something's like sizzled him and he jumps off and we see that it's the necklace, the cross the necklace cross. that Angel gave her. And it's funny yeah. because it looks like when you I watch it closely, when he touches it and she's reacting, we have a few shots of her. Um, the cross necklace is just laying on her chest. It's not attached to her neck anymore. So I feel like, and then when she runs out of oh. the, when she runs out of I the crypt, that. she has no necklace on at all. So it stayed in the crypt. I mean, I would figure because I think oh. like maybe he ripped it off of her because it was on okay. her. Obviously, I feel like Luke maybe ripped it off of her. And broke it off or whatever, pulled mm. hard enough where it came off and then he got sizzled. But yeah, it's like laying on her chest upside down and like the chain's facing the wrong way. So it came off and then Told she runs out okay. and it's not there. 
then she must go back for it later because she does have it later in the episode. But just something weird that I noticed. Hmm. Uh, so she, when Luke rears back, you know, in pain, she takes that opportunity and kicks him, kicks him out of the coffin and she gets out of there. She mm-hmm. makes, she hightails it out of the crypt and tries to find Willow and Xander. She finds Willow about to be bitten by one of the vampires, one of mm-hmm. the master's lackeys. Yep. And first uh, non-stake staking, she breaks a branch off of a tree and, sta- and stakes that vampire with um, mm-hmm. with that, saving Willow. And then it, it's edited very weird because she like runs up, stakes him. It's just, it, the editing is weird. And then she literally just runs, walks off. She doesn't even say anything to Willow. Are you okay? Where's Xander? Where's everyone else? What's happening? Like, nothing. She just walks away from Willow. Willow jumps up and follows her. And then they find that Xander is kind of unconscious or semi-unconscious and being dragged by two vampires. She, oh, and she, tra- wait, she just stake them with the tree branch. One of them with the tree branch. Yeah, I can't, I I can't remember did. now. Yeah, I think it might have been one of those vamps that she stakes with the tree branch. Um, but yeah, she makes do with what she has. She breaks off a tree branch and kills them. Obviously, they're missing Jesse. Mm-hmm. Xander says mm. that Darla, he said the girl, Darla grabbed Jesse and took off. Everyone's safe and accounted for except for Jesse. And so he's been taken. So that's where we start off the episode. And then we go to our credits, which is the same. No changes. Always fun to watch them. And then we come back into the library, and this is another big exposition scene where Giles is dropping knowledge to Buffy. I don't know if Buffy knows all this stuff. I mean, she just has had a watcher in the past, but mostly to Xander and Willow, who Willow is in, basically in complete shock, and yeah. Xander is a little bit in denial. Like, those kind of two reactions, like, they, they're kind of going down those two paths. But Giles starts off by talking about an Earth history lesson and how this Earth did not start off as a paradise, which is kind of a knock to Christian beliefs. And Joss was kind of like, we're going to get a lot of shit for saying that, saying that, like, there was no Garden of Eden and all that stuff. Um, He didn't didn't really, which is great. So he kind of says that that's not how the world was and that the world was actually inhibited by demons demons kind of ruled the earth and that he says it in a very weird way he said like lost their grasp on this reality or something along those lines so they were kind of like losing power and losing grip on the world and then i'm trying to remember now how he says it and then man he said the demons demons walked the earth hell then man yeah so yeah willow's just sitting like doesn't know she's standing or she can barely talk yeah (laughs) barely talk xander's mad obviously his best friend is missing his friend was taken off yeah Yeah, his friend was taken he doesn't know what to do he's mad because he doesn't understand this he doesn't have any control over the situation and he's kind of like trying to figure out even the concept of vampires to begin with and so giles explains how vampires came to be in the first place and he says that while the demons were leaving this world. The last demon to leave this world bit the, a human and mixed their blood together and made a vampire. There's an important thing he says here. It, it's kind of not important in the moment, but in the bigger scheme of the sh- show, it, it does. He basically says, and we come back to this a little bit later in the episode, but he says that the demon's soul kind of took over the person. The person that was bit, their soul was gone, their human soul was gone, and they, they were just inhabited by a demon's soul. Starting to, like, make some rules in the Buffyverse. My favorite line was actually in this. Okay, in this scene. That's the first thing I said after seeing a vampire, well, after the screaming part. Yeah. Yeah, she gives all the, like, okay. things so that... That, was, that was my favorite line in the episode. Yeah, it was just really cute. Um, yeah, I think they were just making, like, a reference to, like, vampires almost being, like, rabies. <laughs> Which is, I don't know. Did she say about rabies? Super. They did, yeah. Yeah. They made, like, a joke about it. I don't. I, I watched this episode three times, and I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, Xander said something about it. Yeah. Okay. Buffy kind of goes through all the things like, oh yeah, it's a trick of the light, and all these things that she kind of thought when she first mm-hmm. saw a vampire. So she can relate. She's been there when she's yeah. you know trying to rationalize what she's seen. So yeah. she she understands what they're going through. Um. So we go to the lair after that, and mm-hmm. Luke and Darla take Jesse to the master, and she says that 
she's his his blood is pure. I don't know what that means. Does that mean he's like a virgin? Yeah, I was I I know that's what I was wondering too. Actually, is that like a virgin reference? I right, wasn't like, sure what that meant. I couldn't like what else would it be? Why would somebody's blood be? I in feel her? like in other movies that's the, typically what the reference is for, but I'm not sure if that's what they were going for in this one. Okay, that's where my my mind went as well. So we'll just say that Jesse is virgin. <laughs> Okay. So, so the master is very mad that she's taken a taste of Jesse, but they have brought him here. Uh, they have brought him here scraps for, uh, for the master to feed off of, basically. And he goes on to talk a little bit about his situation. He says he's been waiting down there, essentially, for three score. So I looked up what three score is, and it's 60 years. Like three decades oh oh years that's not three decades okay yeah. so like twice a score many. a score is 20 years it's 20 years interesting okay yeah okay. and they actually later they do say 60 years um later in the episode so i missed that okay. confirmed because i looked it up before i got that far and something about the master we never see him in human form because they didn't want to ever put no. him without vamp face because they wanted to make him like so ancient that he just never goes back to human form or human mm. face. Okay. Interesting. And he's okay. you, you'll notice that he is also way more vampire looking or bat looking than the other vampires because they mm-hmm. wanted to make him like seem so old that he's actually di- digressed into this animalistic demon, basically. Mm. And that's, uh, we don't really have to find out how old he is actually, but we meet some pretty old vampires on this show and that's the first, that's, I don't think they really take that route again, but it was, it's, it's interesting. They made, they made a reference about 1843, not from that as when he was from, but like that he was in that time period at least. So we know he's from at least then and even earlier than that. Yeah. And I think he was like super old then. Yeah. Is what so my, is the, is the feeling, right? Is the, he's ancient. The idea is that he, I mean, that was like two weeks ago for him, right? <laughs> Uh, So, yeah, he says that he's been stuck in this place of worship. So that's basically a church down there. (laughs) Um, And it's funny. I liked liked how they kind of went back and forth between the crypt and the library. I liked how they were doing like the like the back and forth. Yeah, they did do that a lot. Um, They say there was a girl there um, and they Luke says she could be a and then the master finishes a slayer. So it's funny because previous to this. Darla didn't seem to understand like what was going on when Buffy was really strong and Buffy mm-hmm. was overpowering her and she was surprised. And so it's see- obviously Luke and the master know what a slayer is and they suspect that this girl could be one. But Darla seems to be kind of out of the loop on it, which doesn't track with what we learn about Darla in the future. So maybe I'm just reading mm-hmm. into that. But it seemed like Darla was confused about this girl when Darla should know yeah. what a slayer is with the hindsight mm-hmm. of the show. Just throwing that out there. I said, Slayer, question mark. Come on, Darla. Like, you know what a Slayer is. But at this point, we don't have all the backstory. (laughs) So we're back in the library, and they're thinking of ways how to find Jesse. And Willow suggests, can't we just call the police? Like, someone had to say it, right, on the show. I mean, I feel like that might be my first instinct if something weird was happening, even if it, like, I mean, if you really think it through, that's obviously not going to help. But yeah, sure. Someone had to, She's like, sweet voice and innocent. It. Yeah. And of she, like, course. literally saw her first vampire, like, two minutes ago. So she somebody somebody has to bring the police up so they can be, like, they wouldn't agree. I mean, they wouldn't uh, believe them. And then it's interesting because Buffy brings up they would only show up with guns. And this show yeah. has a very interesting relationship with guns where they don't come into the universe often. And when they do... It's always two horrible, horrible ends. There's an interesting relationship between this show, Fighting Evil, and Guns, which we will see play out over the years. But it was interesting that Buffy brought that point up right at the beginning. So they're trying to figure out how Jesse or Darla with Jesse got away so they could potentially follow that route and find him. And... Mm -hmm. I think it's Xander who says that there's an, like, why would he know this? It's ridiculous. But that he, he knows an electrical tunnel system or an electrical tunnel oh, yeah. runs ar- around the town or under the graveyard or whatever, which is ridiculous. And they are trying to find access. And Willow says that she can't maybe find a way to find the access. 
Oh yeah, that was funny. And then that's just left hanging there. So now we're back <laughs> down in the lair, and they are discussing using because now they think there's a Slayer, and now they want her. And they discuss using Jesse as bait to get to Buffy. So, and then a little side note about the master as well is that he never is mentioned by any kind of name other than the master, but in the script he was. So his name in the script was Heinrich Joseph Nest. I like the kind of ambiguousness of just him being called the master. It's kind of mm-hmm. scarier than, hey, Joe, like Heinrich, you know? So <laughs> I, I think I like, I like, I like having the information like after the fact, but yeah. So if you're interested more about the master, that's something that is not in the show but is canon and is actually about the master. So that's a very little short scene about them deciding to use Jesse as bait. We're back to the library again. And it turns out Willow's a hacker. And she has (laughs) cracked the, like, city council's security system to, like, look at all the tunnel systems in in Sunnydale. And while they're looking, they still, they're, like, can't figure it out on the map. And then Buffy realizes that the access to the tunnel is in the crypt that they were fighting in because she says she was, been, yeah. she was facing the entrance of the crypt and Luke came up from behind her and grabbed her and mm-hmm. he didn't follow her out. So she realizes that that's where it is. And <sighs> Buffy, okay. When she says, I am so mentally challenged. Oh, I was going to, yeah, that doesn't carry. I, uh, I was going to mention that too. Like that made me actually say yikes. Yeah. I was like, Ooh. 2023 shaking their head at 1997 no we don't say that buffy we don't say that buffy it's gonna be a lot of that there's gonna be a lot of that over the years like here's our first one we're like oh no 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 buffy let's not do that so moving on from that xander i put xander is a uh toxic male because he really annoys me in this episode because he wants to help and buffy says you know it's my responsibility it's dangerous and he's like Okay, I get it. I'm inadequate. I'm less than a man. Like, he says all this weird stuff, and I'm like, ugh. Because he just feels insecure around her. I I guess so, but it was really annoying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just because he, like, I, like, yeah, he just feels, yeah, inadequate. But it's just, he's out of his scope, and he just needs to kind of realize that. Yeah, and he doesn't. Willow also says, you know, I know it's, Willow kind of, like, it's like, hello, I realize what's going on. She's basically like, I can't go and fight these people with you, but I want to help. How can I help? Like, that's mm-hmm. would have been a smart thing for Xander to say. And yes. Giles suggests that she help him um, research the master, where they are. And leans so, uh, real close in, which again, <laughs> no, Giles, you got to keep some distance between these 16-year-old students. So Buffy knows where to go. So she's going to head back to the crypt. And it's sweet that Giles says, do I have to tell you to be careful? So they're starting to form a relationship there. Um, yeah, they're getting their little bond on. They're, they're like starting it. to get their bond going. So we're at the school entrance and Buffy is trying to leave to go to the crypt. And this is my favorite scene. <laughs> she's trying to leave and Principal Flutie catches her. He's like, oh, no, you can't leave school grounds during the day. She's going running a errand for Giles. Uh, and she, <laughs> and he's like, well, that may be how they do it in Britain. He says they have the royal family and all kinds of problems. And I don't know if he's referring to this aired. So this was obviously shot. How, I don't know how long before that. But this aired in March 1997. Prince Diana died in August of 1997. So all the, like, Diana Charles drama was very much still happening and then all this drama to come when she passed away so i don't know if there he is referencing diana charles drama yeah maybe interesting it was was that time um okay all that stuff was still happening so because i was like that's "That's weird i didn't catch that yeah so i looked it up and i was like when did princess anna die yeah and this is a few months it was like five months after this aired so I just thought, mm, that's probably what he's talking about. So he 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 locks the fence up and says, good girl, like, go off to your class. I want, like, Buffy with her feet on the ground, which is a perfect thing to so say. He, sens- a sensible girl with feet on the ground. Yeah, and sensible then she girl. she the fence, which I thought it was so cute. Yeah, and then she just jumps up in the air and lands on the other side yeah. and just start, keeps walking. 
I just thought that I liked that because it was just like how you said with her feet on the ground and she's like, yeah, and then just hops over the fence. I just thought that was cute. It was a great setup. I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So still in school, um, Willow and Xander are walking through the hallway and they're kind of brainstorming search terms is what I understand. Like what I kind of got from that. They're brainstorming search terms and the the early internet kind of terminology they use is really funny. I think she says, I'll put it in the computer search. Like, <laughs> I know Google wasn't a thing. There's no Google yet. That's right. Yeah, I don't think Google was around in 1997, even no, if it was in its infancy. So. So, Nobody but, was using it. Yeah. yeah, so like, you Nobody didn't was even... Nobody aware of it. Like, what would you would have said? That's what you would have said, but it's just so funny now, looking back, that she would mm-hmm. say, I'll put that in the computer search. Computer search. Yeah. <laughs> And you can see that they are uh, adjusting to this new knowledge that they have. And Xander yeah. is distracted. She's trying to engage him in helping with the research and everything. And he's obviously just kind of phoning it in. And she's like, she knows something's up with him. Because he's like, okay, we have to get to class. Or you have to get to class. She's like, mean we need to get to class. And he's like, yeah, 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 of course. She's like, you know, Buffy can handle this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, she can. I think she can. And then... You know, he, he's kind of halfway not there. So you know he's up to something. Being yep. annoying is what he's up to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But Buffy makes it to the mausoleum, and it's daylight. And she goes in there and notices that there's, like, a gate in the back, which is obviously the entrance to the tunnels, and it's locked. And she feels that someone's in there with her. And it's Angel. He's hanging out in the dark. Waiting for her to come yeah. around. Not creepy at all. <laughs> not creepy at all. That's exactly what I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and he's even like, oh, I knew you'd find this sooner or later. I thought it'd be sooner. But so you're just hanging out there all day <laughs> until she shows up. Waiting for her. And he kind of, he wants to give her information to help her while being super cryptic. Uh, but he... It's weird. I don't know. They're still trying to make him very mysterious and stuff, so I guess he has to be super vague, but it annoys her. Mm-hmm. But she does ask what his name is, and he says Angel. So we do actually have his name now. And she says, hmm, pretty name. <laughs> so <he laughs> says, I wouldn't go in there if I were you. Especially he's basically saying, I wouldn't risk yourself because tonight you need to be there to stop the harvest, basically. And she says, there's someone that's a friend down there, and I need to go down and get them he has the very nice awkward moment where she asks you know what like having a friend is like right and he kind of like looks away and she's like oh okay didn't expect that so he tells her she says the word i didn't think it was going to be a stumper which again such cute wording yeah he tells her okay basically if you're going down there head this way and this is where you'll probably find them so he helps her out and then she says aren't you gonna tell me good luck and he just stares at her and then she just kicks down the gate with the with the key, with the lock on it, and goes through. And then he kind of whispers, good luck. Hmm, yeah, I wonder what happened with that. <laughs> some chemistry going on. She's down in the tunnel, and I love this part, because she has a rat run over her foot, but doesn't react. Because I feel like, usually you'd think that she would be like, ah, 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 there's a rat running over my foot. And... She doesn't even flinch, and I just really liked that. Yeah. Oh, and then so she's creeping through the tunnels looking for, you know, where she's supposed to go. And then my notes, I say, dum-dum Xander shows up. And <laughs> he startles her, and he says, oh, I have to come down here and help him. And he just doesn't understand help Jesse. And Xander just doesn't understand that being there is actually putting Jesse in more danger. Because now she has exactly. two people to worry about. She has to babysit him. Yeah, she has to make sure he gets out and Jesse gets out. So if he really mm-hmm. cared about, I mean, I know he does, but if he was thinking clearly, he would realize that sending her in to get him by him by without him there is making it, you know, more likely that Jesse comes out alive. Yeah. But Xander doesn't think that way. So she finally just gives up and lets him come with her. And they're kind of doing a little bit of talking about vampires and he's talking about how to kill them and it, there's nothing new here that the viewer would be surprised by like beheading fire i think they talk about more later obviously staking and nothing that is new to the like vampire lore so not something new right. that you haven't heard of 
mm-hmm. then they're they're just creeping around and back in the library very short scene where giles is looking through a book and he figures out that the harvest is happening tonight even though i think angel just told buffy that it is happening that that tonight i don't know why they needed to yeah. both find that out i feel like if one of them found it out the other the other one would have informed the other one mm-hmm. but for some reason they have them both being told by d- different ways that the, the harvest is happening that night I'm not sure why in the computer lab this is a great scene we're at school we're i really like this scene too. Yeah, yeah it's good oh cordelia Cor- cordy is talking about going to the bronze be- tonight because there's no cover and the blonde girl that's with her that's talking to her we'll find out her name later she we find we come to know this character uh, and it's just funny seeing her like her first lines and She's saying they're having issues with their compute with their homework because they're they're doing some kind of like very basic coding and they're yep. talking about these like I said they're trying to like talk about their plans for going to the bronze and she says you should have been there last night because Buffy attacked me with a stick she jumped out and said I'm She's gonna crazed. kill you I'm gonna kill you <laughs> like Buffy was saying that so she's starting to like embellish the story mm-hmm. you know and like really make it juicier. And this guy jump. this is like weird, like, I don't know, stoner, skateboarder, surfer boy. It's like, what happened with Buffy? And so she starts spreading it, telling him that Buffy attacked him and she's a psycho. And the other blonde girl is saying, yeah, I heard of her old school. She got kicked out. Cordy says, like, you know, she's a psycho. And Willow, this whole time we kind of see Willow is kind of eavesdropping on this conversation. She's at a computer, a computer bay away doing research for Giles. Willow... Like, says, oh, she's not a psycho. You don't even know her, which is huge for mm-hmm. Willow to... Yeah, she stood up for Buffy. Open her she's mouth. coming out of her shell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. But Cordy, like, just vi- eviscerates her. She says, yeah. I'm sorry, who gave you permission to exist? That's that is so mean. That is so harsh. Like, who gave you permission yeah. to exist? That is, like, one of the meanest lines I think I've ever heard. It's so bad it's so mean and just and then she says you're boring which i feel like that's mean too but like that first line it's is just, pretty mean yeah it's so rough so she kind of just shuts up and goes back to her work at that point willow gets up to leave and cordy and her plus one her friend gets get ready to submit their homework and they can't figure out how and willow tries to help them and says <laughs> oh you hit the key deliver to send it and she's like oh okay and she hits del and it's delete. <laughs> so you were right. You guessed the right key. <laughs> Look at that. You're one nice. for one on your guesses. So she, she presses delete and her homework disappears. And her yeah. mouth is just hanging open because she's like, <laughs> shot. Like, Willow's got some balls. Yeah. <laughs> I think with this scene, it's like, Cor- I think for probably I would guess that Cordelia was probably the scariest thing in Willow's life before, like 24 hours ago. Uh, not anymore. She's almost died. She knows now, vampires are real. Who's Cordelia now? There are bigger things in the world. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. the turning point for her to start saying something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. the Cordelia now is nothing. Buffy and Xander are making progress in the tunnels and they come across Jesse chained up um, by the leg on the ground. And he jumps up and he's ready to like hit somebody with a stick or something. Um, and he realizes it's them. And he's like, oh, we got to get out of here. He... Buffy breaks him out of the chains, and Mm -hmm. they immediately try to get out of They immediately move out, trying to get out of the tunnels. And they immediately are met by vampires lurking at every turn. The eyes in the darkness were so creepy, genuinely creepy. They were very cute, creepy. Like, I don't get creeped out by Buffy a lot. There are episodes and moments that are very creepy, but this is one of them. Like, one was when you just yeah. see their like yeah. eyes reflecting like a, animals in the mm-hmm. darkness, that was really creepy. Yeah. So every yeah. time they try to leave, they're they're blocked, and Jesse's like, okay, maybe this way we can get out. And he leads them to what seems like a dead end. And they're like, oh no, what are mm-hmm. we gonna do? And Jesse says, You can die. And he is a vampire. He's been turned. That's so disheartening. Yeah. And I liked yeah. that they talked about, the vampires had talked about using him for bait, but you can still kill him and use him for bait, too. So I think they wanted you to think mm-hmm. that they would keep him alive to use him as bait, but yeah. he can still be used as bait yeah. as a vampire. 
and he's in on it. Yep. Instead of just being yeah. a victim. So Jesse has been turned and it's really sad for Xander. Xander is like heartbroken in that moment and trying to reason with him and try to still find his friend, which is sad. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because yeah. I think Jesse says you are something along the lines of you are just a shadow to me or you're nothing but a shadow to me now, which I was like, ooh, that's a good line. Like yeah. Jesse's Perfect. moved on to like an almost like a different plane. It's a very sad scene for Xander. Yeah. And Buffy immediately is like, oh, shit. And she just tries, tries closing the door. They kind of came into like a round end area, dead end, with a, with a big mm-hmm. metal door. And she's like, well, that's happened. So now I just have to get us, she try to get us out of here. She accepts it immediately. She accepts it quickly. Yeah, yeah, and tries to close the door while Xander and Jesse are talking while he's trying to get to Jesse inside somewhere. And he forgets that he has this, his cross. So Buffy's like, hey, protect, don't forget to protect yourself and your, with your cross. And while when Xander uses that, it breaks the his concentration for a second and Buffy grabs Jesse and throws him into the hall and kind of like bowling ball pins him into the other vampires and they all fall over. Mm. She's trying to close this door to keep the vampires out and Xander helps her and they manage to close the door and they're kind of trapped, they think. And there's a little like grate a little, like, area on the top. So Buffy jumps up there and is trying to pull it down. And I thought it was interesting that they showed her trying to, like, bend this metal and everything. And then the vampires are bending the metal of the door at the same time. So there's, like, super yeah. strength. So much super, Yeah, like, these superhuman. I guess Buffy's, yeah, superhuman or She's super superhuman. and supernatural, yeah. Yeah. you know, strong forces are, like, bending metal at the same time they crawl and exit through a small tunnel and they come out through at least it's like a look like a like a power station or something like that that they come out of and it's daylight so xander gets out first and he's helping buffy get out and a vampire grabs her foot and he's trying to pull her trying to pull her back into into the tunnel and obviously she pulls out far enough where the sunlight hits his hand and he goes back in and the thing that I liked about this was that, like, the the fingers, the fingernails were all, like, long and Nosferatu-like, which you see that Luke doesn't have his nails like that. Darla doesn't. That vampire did. The yeah. master does. Mm-hmm. So I think it's something mm-hmm. that they played around with in the early days about having those, like, long, like, n- nails. And talons really, almost. Yeah, like, yeah, claws, talons. And we really don't see that again until season, season seven with a very special vampire and Hmm. so i think that they maybe were played with that and then saved it for it comes back in season seven but that reminded me of those nails reminded me of um a certain vampire in season seven in the lair the vampires report to the master that buffy got away and Mm -hmm. he's unbothered mainly he's like oh i'll get i'll kill her myself later but he i put kills question mark and i guess they said his name was colin the vampire lackey that comes to like report to him and says that Luke is ready to like start the process of the harvest. But Colin's going to pay the price for Buffy getting away. And he says he basically stabs him in the eye with his claw, which wouldn't kill a vampire. But he doesn't scream either. So I think it's supposed to imply that he killed him, but sticking your claw into this guy's eye isn't going to kill him. So, but does it, because he's the master or something, maybe? I don't know. Because, like, even if you, mm. like, shot a vampire in the head, yeah, they shouldn't kill them. Him. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe mm. I feel like he would have screamed. But I don't know. Just one of those question marks that I'll probably never know the answer to. But it, <laughs> I, it was notable to me that that happened. In the library... Willow, all that stuff that Willow was looking up in the computer lab, she brings into the library and tells Giles, this is the 1837 you were mentioning, where there was a earthquake in 1837. But previous to that, there was a whole lot of like, looks like vampire related murders and things that they're related. In the layer, I put Luke's arms, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. He's ripped. His arms are like super delightful. And he, he is ready to become the master's vessel so that Luke can go out into the world and feed on people and it will 
power and strength in the master. So he's going to be a vessel. Mm-hmm. And they're in the, in the commentary when, so to do this, Luke has to drink the master's blood and he drinks out of his wrist. Mm-hmm. And Joss Wheaton kind of apologizes for that very short shot where it could look like Luke is pleasuring the master. Because he's kneeled in front that. of him. <laughs> He's kneeled down in front of him and he's like, he's like, that was not intentional, but people pointed that out. I didn't Uh, notice that at all. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's pretty quick, but I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Now that once I've seen it, I can't unsee it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So so Luke is now the vessel in more ways than more ways than one, apparently. (laughs) And (laughs) he uh, basically draws a, I think like carves more likely carves the symbol into Luke's forehead. And now he's going to be the vessel. He's ready to go. In the library again, this is just basically layer library episode, which is bounced back and forth basically the whole time. Yeah, I like it though. Yeah, Xander and Buffy come back and they all have news. The news from Willow and Giles. Well, actually, we'll start with Buffy and Xander. They say that it's they were too late and Jesse's worse than dead. They never actually say yeah. that he was turned, but it's implied. But it's so new for, like, Willow and stuff, I feel like maybe they needed to say it, but they mm-hmm. d- they don't. She said it was it's worse than, than if he they found him dead. And then what Giles and Willow have to share is that they've discovered what's going on with the Master and his kind of, like, some of his back- backstory. So they talk about that the Master came to basically the that area, the Sunnydale area, and was trying mm-hmm. to... Well, first he says the Spanish called the area the Hellmouth. So then we get, like, the actual name that we're going to use for the whole series for what's going on in Sunnydale. It's the Hellmouth. So that's the term that we we continue to use. So that was coined by the Spanish that lived in the area. And then this super old ancient vampire who is the master came to feed in the area, but also mainly to release all the demons from the Hellmouth. Mm-hmm. And they talk about it being like a gateway through dimensions, kind of, which I think that kind of goes away. It's like way more clear cut, like hell. It's the mouth of hell, mm-hmm. and that's what it is to, going forward. But for now, they kind of talk about like kind of like a gateway of dimensions and stuff, and that the master tried to open it. It was basically messed up because it's really hard and complicated to do. And in the process, caused a earthquake that buried him. So maybe he was in a church and it buried him down there and basically plugged up the the portal, the Hellmouth. And it's yeah. been dormant this whole time now until these vampires started to semi-release him. So Giles explains all of that. They talk about, well, where where is this going to happen? And I don't know where <laughs> Xander is like, it's going to be at the bronze. Because that's where Jesse's going to be, so that's where they're going to do it. Like, okay, I guess we don't have to, like, think about where it's going to be held, because Xander just came out with it out of nowhere. <laughs> so they all head out. They're all going to try to stop this. But Buffy says mm-hmm. she needs to make a stop first. We're in Buffy's bedroom, and she is getting ready for a fight. She's putting her hair up, and she's changed, and so she's, like, preparing. She goes over to her closet, and while she's doing that, her mom comes in. Flutie wasn't fooled. She didn't come back to school that day, and he called her yeah. mom that she's been skipping class, and her mom's like, come to think of it, I didn't hear you come in last night, and her mom's, she's trying to assuage her mom's worries, and she's like, I have to go. She's like, no, you're not going. I love it. She says, the tapes, oh, she said, all the tapes I have to get used to saying it, no. <laughs> so she's been listening to these parenting tapes. Like self-help. Yeah. yeah, she's like, all these like self-help parenting tapes. And we come to find out, it's not crucial I don't think it's a spoiler that Joyce is a newly single mom. It's not like Buffy has been raised her whole life by just her mother. Her father was mm-hmm. in the picture. Uh, we come to find that. So that kind of backs up like Joyce's real like uncertainty, not just Buffy's behavior, but mm-hmm. doing this on her own. It's not old hat yeah, to her. Exactly. She's not used to being a single yeah. mother. 
So I think that supports and she's to move and like start a new job. And like, I mean, she's got a lot going on. Yeah. And I think like her like unease with parenting, like in the last episode, she says, oh, I don't want to parent too much, not too little, you know, walking that line. And now she's listening yeah. to parenting tapes. So it's supported by that. Like she has not been doing this on her own for very long and she's struggling mm-hmm. with how to parent the 16 year old on, her, on yeah. her own. So she says, no, you can't go out. You're basically grounded. You can come eat dinner if you want, but she she, she leaves. And Buffy, what am I going to do? I, I got to leave, right? The world's going to end. <laughs> she pulls out her, like, chest that she has kit. in her closet. Her vampire kit. Yeah. And I love this. This is my favorite scene because of all the stuff. The okay. stuff with her mother. And yeah. I'm going to rewind a little bit. When her mom says, you know, of course it feels, you're 16 years old. It feels like it's going to be the end of the world if you oh, yeah. know, Everything's the end of the world for you. You know, life or death at 16. Yeah. Everything feels like life or death. And I like that because it literally is life or death. It's just the mom was making it seem like, oh, it's just like a normal 16 year old thing. But it's not. It's so much bigger than that. Yeah. Parents just don't understand. Right. They don't get that. Even when you're 16, it feels like life or death. And the parents don't understand that. And for Buffy, it's literal. That's kind of a good like mix, like like kind of talking about Buffy and like what it stands for. It is like. This when you're 16, it feels like it's as serious, and for Buffy, it is mm-hmm. literally this serious. So it is a a comparison of how you feel in your youth to what she's actually experiencing. So she pulls out this trunk, you open it, and there's all these like very like things that you would typically, you know, would be normal to find in a 16 year old's trunk in her bedroom. I wrote down a few things. So we see a clock, a big seashell, a trophy, a snorkeling mask like some kind of basket, like a toy, like stuffed animal tiger. And it looks like one of those like weird, I don't know if like you ever, like your grandparents or somebody had these on the wall. There were like weird, like masks that hung on the wall. Mm, kind of yeah. like jester masks. Yep. Like yep. it was like, what looked like one of those? It was like white. So I couldn't mm-hmm. really see a lot of detail, but those are in her top kind of covering of it and she takes that out and then she, she has moves that over <laughs> then she has her like vampire kit so she's got holy water steaks it looks like she has communion wafers oh i missed that <laughs> there's like on the left there's like a big glass with like looks like communion wafers mm-hmm. what is she gonna do with those i've never heard of those having any effect on vampires <laughs> like the wine that you would drink doesn't seem to do anything holy water i can see but like the wine and yeah. wafers, I'd have never heard of anything. We've never, we never see those on the show again. They never play a role, but it looks like she has communion wafers in there. Let me know if you have some insider information on this or you have a perspective on this <laughs> that I'm just not seeing. Cause it, I feel like people were like, oh yeah, it's like a lot of religious things, crosses yeah. and, and the holy water. So let's put some communion wafers in there. But why? <laughs> I have to know. <laughs> It's so random. I loved it. So this was like a visual metaphor for youth, like feeling everything's like things that your parents can't understand, the seriousness of your life and all like obviously Buffy's dual identity and trying to hide her identity, obviously. We're at the bronze and so it is the night of the harvest and Cordy is sitting up with her lackeys talking about Mm -hmm. senior boys and just talking and talking and not let anybody get a word in edgewise and says oh i love this song so she heads down to the dance floor and so then when we get down to like the main floor of the bronze and jesse is there looking normal looking normal and looking good it's interesting when this is a common theme on buffy that when people turn especially people that are dorky or however you want to say not appeal like not appealing to people the object of their affection, basically, that they have mm-hmm. this sex appeal once they turn. Yep. Once they turn, they have a sex appeal. And so she's dancing and Jesse is watching her walking through the crowd. And this is so similar to a scene we will see in season two with a different girl and a different yeah. vampire. And I had forgotten yeah. that scene is very that one I would think of first when I would think of this, but I forgot that this ha- this scene <laughs> happened with Jesse and Cordy, and it's mm-hmm. v- almost identical, even the feel of it, where it's like it's Jesse <laughs> is hunting her, but it's highly sexual yeah. as well. Like yep. yeah. he wants to kill her and do her at the same time. <laughs> like 
the hunting and like Basically. the well with vampires like the biting is almost like having sex with someone it's like, a sexual thing yeah, yeah definitely so all that stuff is mixed up in this him watching her dance mm-hmm. she's been re- she's rejected him multiple times so there's all probably yeah, a he, revenge so aspect. he needs to come over exactly he needs to overcome that and yeah yeah so he definitely he is hunting her essentially outside we see darla and co pull up and this is we see the like bouncer slash doorman whatever county money cordelia said there was no cover so she was wrong interesting good catch a goof or she she was just mistaken he's counting money and they're walking up into the back in the background she's just like twirling around and it's kind of a funny funny scene jesse she turns to jesse and Jesse transitions into his vamp face. Cordy is like, ah! They, Luke and Darla and all of them come in. They bar, they block all the doors. And Luke takes that uh, bouncer guy on the... Well, first of all, he kind of makes a little announcement saying, there's no reason for alarm because it won't matter. You're all going to die tonight, so there's no point in <laughs> oh, getting yeah, upset about line. it. <laughs> there's no point in getting upset about <laughs> it. Like, just stay calm. And we'll just, we'll just it'll be over. He starts with the bo- the uh, bouncer, and that bouncer is huge. That dude is yeah, huge. he's a big he guy. He doesn't even try to fight what, fight back. Yeah. yeah. He just says, what's wrong with your faces? <laughs> he's just in shock. I guess. I guess so, because he just is like, okay. And he could have probably, he probably would have had a fighting chance, because the guy is huge. I mean, his muscles are huge. He's a big guy. He might have had a fighting chance to get away. Doesn't yeah. even try. Doesn't even try. He just dies. Nope. Uh, so Luke. Start beating on him. Yeah, Luke drains him and just says, okay, next. So every time Luke drains someone, we kind of see the master like, ooh, getting po- more powerful. He, and he like, mm-hmm. swipes his hand in front of him and you see like a little wave. So he's like kind of imprisoned by his weakness, essentially, down there. Mm-hmm. So every time Luke feeds on someone, he's getting stronger. He's getting closer to like breaking the barrier and getting out. Being able to get out. Yeah. Meanwhile, Buffy, uh, Willow, Giles, and Xander show up, and they're kind of devising a plan because the door's already locked from the inside. So this is no, this is not good. Mm-hmm. They're devising a plan to get, in, to, to get in, get into the bronze. And Buffy says, "Don't go all wild bunch on me." And that's a reference to the wild bunch, the movie where all the like, kind of gang kind of die, all die in a shootout at the end. So she'd like to oh. avoid that. She'd like to avoid that ending. <laughs> so she says, "Okay, I didn't realize that." Okay. Yeah, find your way in. Only get people out. That's all you need to do. Don't do anything else. Like, don't try to risk your life. I'm going to find my own way in, and I'm going to take care of this. So they part ways there. They, they go to a back door, Giles, Willow, and Xander, and they can't get in there either. And Xander gets frustrated and says, I got to stop Jesse from doing something stupid. And, again, this is when we came back to the, like, demon soul thing that Giles talked about earlier. Because mm-hmm. Giles tells Xander, Jesse is dead. What you're looking at when you see Jesse is what killed him. Yep. And it's... But he's torn. Yeah. And... Yeah, that's hard. Xander doesn't get it yet. He thinks that's... My friend's mm-hmm. in there. My friend's in there. And Giles yeah. throws a line in the sand. And it's important that they made this rule now. And I'll, I'll talk about... I'm going to talk about it now. So basically, Giles says that when... The rule that they establish in the show is that when you are turned, your human soul is gone. And they talk about a little bit, and like he mentioned earlier, that a demon soul comes in you. But they always say soulless, that you have no soul. If you're a vampire, you have no soul. Mm-hmm. Which means you are devoid of having anything a, a soulful person has. Emotions, like love and regret, uh, mm-hmm. all the range of human emotions a vampire cannot have by this rule. Right. So, therefore, there is yep. no, nothing left of the person that was there before. They draw that very, like, black and white line in the sand early on in the show. And it stays that way for quite a while. I wouldn't say maybe late season two. Definitely in season three, we start to see that rule be challenged. Um, where that doesn't seem to be the case for all vampires. And that's when things, for me, get really interesting about the lore. Because even though they put these strict rules in place in the beginning of the show they don't stay that way the the line starts to turn gray okay but they definitely stick to it for the first couple seasons for sure 
But mm-hmm. so when he says that, I just think of all the but, but, but exceptions that we begin to see later oh, in the show. So see, and I don't know any of those. Yeah, it gets really interesting. Um, okay. What is good? What is evil? Is a vampire 100% only evil? Is there any room for negotiation in that? I guess we'll see. As I said, Lou continues to drain people and the master continues to gain strength. And it's funny when Buffy finally gets in from like, I don't know, up up in the, the balcony. She looks over and there's the vampire manning the light. <laughs> He's the lighting guy. Like, okay, my part in this plan is to <laughs> make Luke look fabulous. The lighting is going to be fabulous for the master. Like, everyone's going to love this. Oh, it's going to be great. And he just kind of growls at her. I just thought he's just, like, so funny standing there with the with the, the stage light. That's his job. Luke's looking for another volunteer, as he says. No volunteers. And Darla grabs Cordelia away from Jesse, who wants to bite her. But she's like, no, she, she's for the master. And takes her up mm-hmm. on the stage. And Cordelia is about to be bit by the master, by Luke, when the poor lighting vampire, that's all he wanted. He just wanted to have his little part and make everything look beautiful. Comes flying over the balcony and falls in front of Luke and Cordelia and kind of stops proceedings because they're kind of like, what's going on? Buffy jumps down onto the pool table and picks up a pool cue. And second in- inventive way to stake a vampire, stakes the vampire. And he kind of just... We don't see him. He's off screen. But we see the it kind of go into him and then the pole, the cue kind of goes up out of shot. And every time we see a vampire in this episode, every time we see a vampire staked off camera, we don't get the sound effect that you always get. So just like Mm -hmm. listen next time that a vampire is staked, there's a sound effect that goes along with it. And they didn't do it. If if it was off screen in this screen in this episode, they didn't do the sound effect for the other two dustings that happen coming. You do get it. So, okay. I don't know, maybe they were just trying to, I don't know, it didn't really save money, but anyway, <laughs> that's something that you can always count on is getting that sound effect when somebody's dusted, but we didn't get it for those two vampires. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Xander, Willow, and Giles start getting people out the back door, and they're trying to keep, you know, be quiet, but they don't stay hidden for long. Xander gets grabbed by a vampire, Buffy notices, and another inventive way to kill a vampire, grabs a symbol from the stage and throws it and we kind of ride the symbol across the bronze and it beheads the vampire yeah Yeah. and xander of course says heads up (laughs) so cheesy (sighs) xander okay (laughs) like uh most of the quips on this show are really good but in the they need a little bit of work in the beginning i think they're a little too on the nose they get better (laughs) They get much better. And Buffy looks really yeah. proud of herself. She's like, ah, I did that. Did everyone see I did that? And, but then Luke quickly <laughs> grabs her and tries to crush her. So he's crushing her. He's got her like in a, like a bear hug, but opposite. She's facing the other way. And that's not that's not looking good because she can't get out of that. And then a couple of things are happening at the same time. I'll just take them. They kind of go back and forth a lot, but I'll just take them one thing at a time. Xander finds um, Jesse and he's back on Cordy again now that she's been discarded by luke Mm. and he wants Mm -hmm. to bite her he's about to and xander again stops him and tries to reason with him and they are talking about he's like i know you're in there like don't make me do this there's still something left of you yeah yeah he really believes that and so sad yeah and jesse's like no that jesse the jesse couldn't get anyone to even give him the time of day and now i'm this like amazing thing like he's basically graduated in his mind to something better so they're kind of having their conversation and darla attacks giles and is on top of him and trying to bite him and willow saves him by spray or splashing holy water in her face yeah i thought that was creative too where do and you she willow? Just, she's really coming in on her own in this episode yeah she is and she darla's like ah there's smoke everywhere yeah. <laughs> and she just runs out the door she just runs out the door <laughs> screaming <laughs> yeah jesse and xander are talking again we go back to them and again they're just trying they're just going back and forth about how xander's trying to get to him and jesse's like there's no one here to get to basically and xander is holding yeah. the stake 
like almost at Jesse's neck. That's not the heart, but dude. You can't do it. He's holding yeah. it there. Oh yeah, yeah. And then someone running out, <laughs> running out of the bronze, runs into, runs into Jesse, and Jesse impales himself on the stake, yep. even though it's not his heart. We'll, yep. just, pretend, we'll just, you know, episode two. We'll just yeah. <laughs> let that go. <laughs> Would not have killed Jesse because it was not where his heart is. Uh, but Jesse is staked and is dusted. For some reason, the stake all it also dusts because Xander is holding nothing. When yeah. when Jesse goes away, there's nothing in it's Xander's hand. Nothing. That doesn't happen. That never like that's no, that's, that's weird too. The stake always the, the thing always stays there. Whatever you kill them with. So mm-hmm. goof, I guess. I guess that was just a goof. So this whole time, the, the Luke has been basically suffocating Buffy. <laughs> And she kind of, like, loses consciousness, we think. And then she surprises him and headbutts him and gets out gets out of that. But yeah. then they're just kind of going at it, and she's trying to stop him. And she picks up probably the stand that the symbol was on. So it's one of the stands from the drum kit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, <laughs> metal can't kill me. It's, it's like a little quip between the two of them, but I can't remember how it was worded exactly. And she throws the stand into a window behind him like a, it's mm-hmm. glass it's not see-through window but it's glass and like the street light comes in and illuminates buffy and she basically tricks him to thinking that the sun it's the sunlight he's obviously lost track of time and <laughs> he's like ah thinking he's gonna get all burnt up <laughs> she says it's always like it's in six hours like oh, dude like, yeah. it's not even close <laughs> to sunrise and it's probably 9 p.m. or something stupid like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And exactly. she, while he's distracted and thinking he's going to get burned up, she grabs a stake and stakes him. And he slowly goes off of the stage and then is dusted. And when that happens, the master is all mad. He's like, no, because he can feel that his, <laughs> his vessel has been killed. His vessel's gone. His vessel's yeah. gone. And now he's stuck down there. He's stuck down there. And that's it for now. He's stuck down there. Yeah. yeah. So the group reconvenes on the near the stage. Apparently the dead bodies have just disappeared of the people that were murdered. Because what well, at least three people we know at least yeah. two people were murdered and their bodies are gone. Mm-hmm. That would just be inconvenient yeah. to clean that up. So they're just gone. Okay. <laughs> the show just erased them. They're not there anymore. <laughs> Blood, bodies gone. They gonna reconvene and are a little bit shocked this is their first battle together and the 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 rest of the vampires kind of buffy has her like hero shot and the vampires see her standing there and take off they run out into the Mm -hmm. alley they run down the alley and angel's hanging out back there doing nothing and he's (laughs) like oh she did it and he's like so shocked like thanks for nothing thanks for nothing angel (laughs) right he just showed up to see if it would matter like if if, if it would work, see if she could do it. Yeah, yep. like if the world ended, he would be screwed too. So I don't know why he's not lifting. He's not really lifting a finger. He's just giving her cryptic <laughs> messages. I'm, I'm not down for this, Angel. Come on. <laughs> uh, so he's surprised. It was a good ending. We're at school, and we hear Cordelia talking about. She thinks it was. She's talking about the night before, and she's like, "I think it was rival gangs." Yeah. <laughs> That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so totally rationalizing what she's seen and what she's experienced. Of course. And it makes sense. Yeah. It's really important, this, that little part, because as the years go on, you're like, how do people in Sunnydale not know what's happening? And they immediately, I'm glad they addressed this right off the bat. Uh, Xander and Buffy over here, Cordelia saying this, they're just like, Xander's shocked that she's not understanding what she saw or admitting what she saw. And Buffy's like, yeah, I've seen it before. Like, people will rationalize. And they meet up with Willow and, and Giles, and they're walking down the down a path. And Giles comes in to say, you know, people will rationalize what they... I can't remember his line. But basically, if you can't rationalize it, you'll forget about it. But if you can, like, you'll... you'll anything you can't forget about, you'll rationalize. And that's kind of mm-hmm. how this town and the normal people of Sunnydale deal with the Hellmouth and stuff. They're all walking. It's a, This is my favorite scene because Scoobies have assembled. The core group of the Scooby gang has assembled now. And this is going to be our core group 
for many, many years. They are talking about what's to come, what things that they could face next. And they're like, oh, no, there's going to be a next time. There's going to be many, 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 many next times. That's where these poor people talk about. Giles seems a little bit excited about what could happen. (laughs) And Buffy's talking about the way she ways that she's going to try to creatively get kicked out of school. (laughs) And my favorite line is also in this scene, though, where at the very last at the end, the kids walk off and Giles says the earth is doomed. Basically, (laughs) if it's in the hands of these kids that the earth (laughs) is doomed. And that's the end of the episode. (laughs) Yeah. So we talked about our favorite scene. Yours, remind me what yours was? Mine was Buffy and her mom in her bedroom. Mine was um, with the, even though, like, I'm not a huge fan of the principal. It's the principal one where he's, like, a sensible girl with feet on the ground. And then she hops the fence just because, like, I like the... I can't think of what the word is, but, like, just how he says feet on the ground, and then she hops, and they make a point of, like, showing her feet on the ground on the other side of the fence. I just, I really liked that. Yeah, um, that was that was, was just cute. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah. That's right. So that was your yeah. favorite scene. Mine was so, Buffy and her mom. Yeah. And the tapes, I, the tapes tell me I have to get used to saying no. Uh, my favorite <laughs> my favorite line is, the world was is doomed. What was yours again, remind me? Um, mine was the, the thing, how, like, Xander's in disbelief about the vampires, and he... You may, mm. I'm pretty sure you make some sort of comment about rabies. And she's like, yeah, that's the first thing I said after seeing a vampire too. Well, after all the screaming part. That's right. That that's right. Really, yes. Thanks for reminding me. Thanks for After the screaming me. part. Yeah, that's right. That's a good yeah. line too. Um, okay. So our steak rating. Do you want to go first? I went first last no, I like time. I when you go first. <laughs> okay. Oh, did you? Okay. okay. Um, I can go so first. five steaks, right? Yeah. Five I, can go, steaks? I can go first if you want. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a solid three and a half. Okay. Yeah. Any you're thinking behind that? Um. So it's funny because I remember in the first episode you mentioned how the CGI gets better in the later episodes, and in the first episode it didn't bug me, but this episode I don't know. I thought some of the CGI was just kind of like mm, I don't okay. know. Um. I liked the character development with Willow, but I didn't like the character development with Xander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Xander. So that kind of like took it. That took it back for me a bit. And I have a feeling they're going to develop him more. Um, but yeah, this episode, I was just kind of like, ugh, wasn't a yeah. huge fan. Xander, so. not great in this episode. No. Wasn't a fan. Like, Willow really, Willow, Willow was solid. I really liked that. But yeah, um, Xander kind of, that was disappointing a little yeah. bit. He, yeah, he's got a lot of grown up to do for sure. So I gave it four mm-hmm. out of five stakes. And I, I okay. think the reasons were like, I love to see the core group is established now. Which is yeah. such an important family in the show, the four of them. People come in and out of this family, uh, but the four of them, and they come to blows as well in serious ways throughout the show. But mm-hmm. this is like the core group. And I'm just so happy to see them They're together tired. finally. After two whole episodes, I had to wait. <laughs> but like, yeah, I love seeing them come so together. Long. Yeah. There was a good slayage was also in my notes, like all the all the creative slaying. Yes. That actually was really good, too. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that it was, was some good. fun. I don't think you ever get another episode where there's so much of it yeah, that I can recall. Sure. I put Buffy's home life. I just liked that. Like, again, like that scene with her and her mom. I just really liked all the mm-hmm. symbolism in there and all of the like. Just just all of that, like all of the, her mom trying to deal with it. And how that relates to, like, actual, like, non-Slayer 16-year-olds and growing up and how you feel about how yeah. your parents feel about you or know about your life. How little they know about it mm-hmm. or you feel they know about it. And, and all of that. I just thought that that was really added. Because we don't have too much connection with her mom and her so far. And I feel like that's starting to to happen. And we got our first apocalypse. <laughs> First apocalypse of many. Yeah, that was, yeah, you're right. That was good, too. Apocalypse avoided. Yeah. And so I actually am going to have a apocalypse counter on our podcast. So we're going to count. I've never done that. I could probably just Google it, but I'm not going to. I'm going to count. We're going to count the apocalypses. And and if you watch on YouTube, I will have it. I'll say every episode what our count is, but I will have it up on the screen, our apocalypse counter. So... One. I appreciate that. We're at one right now. So your question, (laughs) your one for one. In the next episode called The Witch, Buffy has something stolen from her. What is it? 
Okay. Her silver cross. Okay. Oh, I don't know. That's, that's not a bad guess. What was the question last week? Uh, the, the key, the computer key. Which computer key was oh, it? It was delete, and you got it right. That's right. Okay. That's I was right. like, I was like, uh, <laughs> didn't want to shout. <laughs> I didn't even notice. But I was excited. Okay. I was excited okay. that you that you had it right. <laughs> and also, I didn't even realize this. I said like, oh, you don't want to have a question like so and so dies. Who is it? And then Jesse dies in this episode. I totally forgot. <laughs> I like basically almost yeah. like accidentally like pretend like was like a fake out. Anyway, okay. Yeah. So her silver cross necklace. So the next episode is The Witch. This was The Harvest. Thank you for joining us for that. Please contact us on YouTube and on Instagram. We are there at One Girl and All the World Pod. And let us know what you thought about the episode, thoughts, comments. And if you'd like to email us, our email is onegirlpod at gmail.com. And that's The Harvest. Until next time. Until next time. Bye.